This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We're a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 77 is brought to us by Bybit. Got a big announcement here for you coming soon. Now, you already know there are centralized and decentralized aspects to Bybit um, because of popular demand. Bybit has put together a completely decentralized trading platform. Now, their spot platform is already decentralized. Their main trading platform is not. Um, But I do know there are a lot of privacy-minded people who sign up for this because I can see the second half of the email addresses who sign up for Bybit. I can't see the first part, but I can see like which provider they're using. And there are a lot of privacy-focused people who choose Bybit. So I think you're really going to like this. I just don't have all of the details hammered out yet. I will speak about that next week. So stay tuned for that. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. And this past Thursday, I wrote a blog. Did you read the blog? Do you want to know what it is? It was on the CRO token, and in particular, Crypto.com, and how it may have fallen too far due to an overreaction uh, during this whole FTX scandal, where all of a sudden every platform out there goes under much higher levels of scrutiny that it probably should have gone through beforehand, but everybody's just so reactive you know, that it just all ends up happening at one time. Uh, and not to give too much of it away, but towards the end, I even did say, hey, just wait on this. There's still a lot that has to shake out. And one thing that just came to light after I wrote the blog, as far as I knew, is uh, there could be some investigations coming down the line too. However, these past, uh, I want to say like two or three months, we have seen a number of things fall that maybe shouldn't have fallen. Um, Now, something like the CRO token is very debatable. Um, But there's a few things out there that I feel are far less debatable, and they kind of fell for no reason. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say that. There's always a reason, but kind of a very silly reason. And we as contrarian investors can absolutely use this to our advantage. You know, especially if these investments are things you have been considering or investments you already own and are looking for reasons to add on more. Uh, Now, if you're looking for more information on any of these things, I have done dedicated episodes to all three of these, um, in some cases more than once. So feel free to run a search on your favorite podcast player or on YouTube and find those episodes uh, for some deeper commentary if that's what you're looking for. But let's go ahead and get right into these. And the first one's oil. Remember how President Biden was drawing from our strategic reserves all the way down to almost nothing just to win votes? It actually worked. You know, draw your own conclusions as to why. But many of us expected the price to go right back up after that was done because we need to fill up those reserves. Uh, well, not only did price not go up, price continued to go down. Now, I guess if I look back on it, it does make sense. You know, these things hardly ever happen the way most people expect them to happen because that would mean that investors just make way too much money. And that is not how the institutional investors want things to go down. So our contrarian brains should have expected something like this. Uh, But that does not mean this is where prices should be. Now, there are a handful of pretty respected analysts in the space on the mainstream side and on the contrarian side who think at least short term, you know, oil has further to fall. You know, then there are about an equal amount, if not more, people on the other side 
saying that even if that does happen short term, which is very debatable, um, that long term, there is nowhere to go price wise but up. Uh, and that's how I feel. So I have added on to my oil positions this past week. You know, if price continues to go down in the short term, then so be it. You know, when you're a long-term investor, watching this drawdown is not only part of the game, it's actually very, very common. Uh, but if you were to tell me the WTI crude was going to be in the mid-70s at this point in the year, uh, A, I probably would not have believed you, but B, I would have broken open my own piggy bank to get ready for that. Uh, but here it is. It came. Uh, but because need I remind you that we still have nowhere near the investment we need in this space because so much of it left during the ESG hoax. Uh, and worse than that, in the United States, we no longer have the capacity to refine the oil we get because we had to shut a lot of that stuff down during that period of uninvestment and during the virus. Uh, but it was totally fine because solar and wind was going to save us all. You know, now that we found out that that's not going to happen, now we're stuck with no refining power and you can't just bring those things back online overnight. You know, it takes years in some cases. You know, those have been problems throughout the entirety of 2022, and they have not gotten better. Again, don't watch what these people say. Watch what they do. There's a reason why we're going to Venezuela, who not only have we hated for the better part of 20 years, they have some of the worst oil on the planet uh, that we don't even have the capacity to refine, so we're going to have to find another place to refine it, which is very expensive, by the way, and we're pretty much making them our friends again. We would not be doing this if there was even a remote chance that our own oil situation was going to be just fine. Uh, because OPEC's already told us to screw off. They're gathering countries and making themselves stronger and stronger as simply an anti-American play. So there goes all that. So at the time, that just left probably the worst option on the entire table, which was Venezuela. And we took it. Remember, in the United States, we don't really hate communism. We just pretend to because it makes us look good. As soon as we need something, it's all okay. It's the biggest load of shit. We just sanctioned Nicaragua uh, because of, and I'm, I'm wagging my finger, because of communism. No, it's because they're giving all their gold to Russia. And we're punishing them for that. Uh, but which narrative sounds better to your dumbass normie that watches mainstream media? Uh, you guys starting to see how this works? Anyway. So if you see oil prices drop in the near future and you think that means everything's going to be okay, please reconsider, because things are certainly not. I still believe we are in the very early stages of this energy crisis, and not even to the point where people are really suffering badly just yet, but to where as, as a nation and as a, a planet, you know, we are preparing for the worst. Even though I don't think most people understand what the worst really looks like. You know, it doesn't just mean being cold inside your own house and your electricity bills going up even further than they already have. You know, this energy crisis you're going to feel in many, many ways. We'll talk about that a bit later on in the show. Uh, but along these same lines, I want to move into the second one, and that's going to be natural gas. You know, this was a big problem towards the middle of 2022, and now we are being led to believe that it's not all of a sudden. Like we had, the United States had all these tankers full of natural gas just sitting in the Atlantic Ocean ready to give it to Europe. Um, and I think they finally got there, but that's not going to be anywhere near enough. And Russia is still offline with theirs. And I don't see that situation getting any better. 
Um, now, we got a bit lucky last year with a warmer-than-usual winter in Europe. Um, but if you've been on Twitter at all, you have seen... Now, you, you, know, you guys know how the weather is. You can't predict it even a day in advance, much less weeks. But it looks like it's going to be awfully cold come the early part of December. So I wanted to bring this information to you now. Uh, now, oil has been dropping. Nat gas was really, really dropping there for a moment. It actually made a new low and broke a support line, and everybody freaked out. Uh, now you guys know how I feel about support lines, especially with something like this. You know, you can pretty much throw your charts away. I mean, I still use them to get a proper entry just because I need something to officially tell me when to go. And my system, you know, my, which might not be great with things like this that are almost entirely fundamental supply and demand driven, but it's going to be better than a support line. You know, once it started getting into the fives, I looked to add on and I ended up adding on in the low sixes. And I believe we're right at seven as we speak. Uh, but to me, there is no way natural gas should have dropped. I thought it was a real big overreaction on a very short term thing that didn't even matter in the first place. Like the natural gas we had to give to Europe wasn't going to be one anywhere near enough Two, if it gets cold in North America and we need it, that's where the natural gas is going to go. And Europe will become even more screwed. You know, same thing with oil. John Polony said it really good. He says in almost every episode, he goes, we have a molecule shortage. You know, there are only so many of them to go around and we just don't have enough, nor will we have enough anytime soon. So when you have these very obvious shortages, yet it's not reflected in the price because the proverbial poop has not hit the proverbial fan just yet, but it's probably going to, you know, that's enough to compel me to make a move. And so I have personally been adding on to my oil and natural gas holdings. You know, for the good of humanity, I really hope I'm wrong. I would not mind taking some L's here. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the case. And now on to our third one. There are other ones, too. You don't have to remind me of this in the YouTube comments. Uh, but we're just choosing three today that all, all kind of go together. And for the third one, I just want to ask everybody a question. Did the food crisis all of a sudden go away? You, know, you remember how it was going to be a really big problem, and now all of a sudden everything is just fine? Really? Based on what? You know, we are just now finishing eating last year's crop. And a year ago today, there was no war in the Ukraine. Now, the Ukrainian wheat harvest did not get completely wiped out like they thought, which is fine. Um, but a lot of it did. And again, there's a lot of wheat in Russia, too. And there's a lot of countries who won't be getting any of that. You know, and these things have ripple effects. And speaking of ripple effects, when you have an energy crisis, you also have a food crisis. Because it takes a lot of energy to not only farm, but process and then transport all of this food. And when the price of all of those inputs starts going way up, what do you think happens to the price of that food? Yes, it goes up too. And that is even if there is no scarcity, uh, which there is certainly supposed to be. Now, again, we have talked about the food crisis here on the show before, but if you look at the American ETF, uh, the Tucrium Wheat Fund, ticker symbol WEAT, uh, the price has pretty much went up and then come back down to the same price you could have got it towards the beginning of this year, 2022. You know, I can think of at least three geopolitical experts that all said, hey, this is going to be bad. Most countries 
import the majority of their food uh, for two reasons. One, they don't have the geography to support their population. Two, their population got a little too big because of what we've also talked about before on the blog. You know, advancements in farming and advancements in energy just allowed this to be. And this was no problem when countries could just import anything they wanted to, but those days are behind us now. And I just want you to remember, by investing in these things, you are not supporting these crises. Uh, You should not be rooting for these crises to happen. But if they are bound to happen anyway, the best thing you or anybody can do is to simply make more money. Because going forward, this is how we are all going to survive. Money and options. And those two things often go hand in hand. You know, I would love to take losses on all three of these positions in oil, natural gas, wheat, uh, and my soybeans position too. You know, I would love for everything to be just fine and all the terrible, stupid mistakes we made in the last five, six years to just become completely undone and for everything to go back to normal. However, I don't think those odds are very good. So I am betting accordingly. Uh, now there will be, you're going to see them. I'm, I'm sure as soon as these things happen, emotions go high. And when emotions go high, people get stupid. You know how this goes. And people who invest in these things like we do are going to be seen as not only evil, but absolutely crazy. How can you capitalize on such a horrible crisis? Well, because A, that's not what we're doing, you idiot. And B, we are not crazy. You're crazy. We're just early. <laughs>